Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming and then try to break them down for you scene by scene. Yep. You can check us out on social media. Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram. Also check us out at ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as well as shop our sponsors. If you have any movie suggestions, feel free to email us email us at breakdownfromthecouch at gmail.com. Yep, we've started putting our email link too in our descriptions on each episode link, so uh, just feel free to click that. So we are continuing on uh, with Stephen King Month. Yep. And today we're going to be discussing Secret Window starring Johnny Depp. Oh, yes. Um, This has got to be one of my favorites. Really? To be honest with you. Nice. I really like this one. Yeah. Uh, do you have the synopsis for us? I do. Um, so, Internet Movie Database. A successful writer in the midst of a painful divorce is stalked at his remote lake house by a would-be scribe who accuses him of plagiarism. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to get started? I am. Awesome. So, in the first scene, we open up with Johnny Depp. Yep. And he's sitting in a car just staring. Yeah. And in the voiceover, you you hear um, basically don't you know don't go back. Right, exactly. And he's just he's staring, he's staring, and then at one point he quickly reverses the car and he starts like leaving. Yep. And then the voiceover again, you know, don't go back. Well, he ends up spoiler alert. He goes back. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back. We find out that he was actually at a motel, and. He goes into the motel, uh, turns out nobody's manning the front desk, and he grabs, he's, you know, looking and looking, and he grabs a set of keys, and then you see him get back into his car. Yeah. Well, at the same time, the guy who is manning the front desk sees him, and right. it's like, hey. He's like, hey, you know. man, what are you doing? Yeah. And so, anyway, you see Mort, you know, tear off, he finds off, you know, finds the uh, hotel room, and he goes in and he finds who we presume is his wife. Right. You know, in bed with another man. Right. He like he 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 loses it more or less. He just screams in her face. Right. And walks, you know, starts to kind of walk out of the room. You exactly. think he's walking out of the room holding his head in his hands and right. stuff. Right. You and, know, cuz he's distraught, you know, yeah. that his wife was cheating on him. And at the same time, the same front desk operator who right. saw him take the keys comes running into the room as well yeah exactly and the scene just kind of fades from there and we get the whole title sequence right exactly so yeah after the credits uh or the opening credits roll or whatever it focuses in on a cabin yeah with the a window open the Ooh, secret window the secret window movie yes. over we're yes. done <laughs> right <laughs> and anyway so you know it, it you know pans through uh the the cabin and you know focuses in on you know he was right at some point writing something on his computer right and then you know it focuses in on mort who's asleep on the couch and you can tell mort has had better days yeah he's um, he's like he's got this robe on it's all like tattered and torn mm-hmm. and stuff looks it like doesn't he, look like he's been writing for a while yeah he looks like he hasn't showered probably in a few days either yeah so anyway so he's you know laying on the couch and it pops up that it's six months later right so 
he gets, you know, there's a knock at the door and it, you know, first he, you know, isn't interested, that kind of thing. But then he notices like the person's actually trying to enter the house. Right. Like, what the hell? Like, it, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who would do that normally, but that's, that's just not cool, man. Yeah, exactly. If anything, that would make me want to still not answer the door though. Exactly. But he ended up, um, he ended up answering the door and first thing the guy says is, you stole my story. And of course, he's like, you know, what are you talking about? And they just have this exchange back and forth of between the guy saying, you stole my story. Right. And Mort basically saying, you know, I don't appreciate, you know, being, you know, somebody saying that I plagiarized. Right. Because the way he, yeah, he's the, um, um. Rainy, <laughs> right? He's he's acting like he doesn't even know, like, what he's talking about. Right. Whatever this guy is talking about, whatever story it is, he says he has. As far as he's concerned, he hasn't stolen yeah. any story. Because he's like, you know, I haven't seen like any manuscripts or you know anything like that. Exactly. And, and he's uh, trying to get him to go away. Yeah. Like, dude, you know, whatever beef you have with me, you can go through these people. Right. Exactly. And so um, he, uh, John Shooter offers to leave, <laughs> you know, his manuscript with them. And he's like, no, he's like, right? I don't want any, you know, it's like, no. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking, taking that, that from you, you know. Exactly. I don't want this to end up in like a court one day and be like, well, did you accept a manuscript right. from Mr. So-and-so? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, but he made me take it. You right. Know? Well, so anyway, um, he ends up leaving Shooter there out on the porch yeah. And finally, uh, John Shooter ends up leaving. Mm-hmm. And you can tell Mort's like he's looking at the license plate as he's leaving. It's a Mississippi plate. Right. And he goes back outside and he finds the manuscript with a big ass rock on top of it <laughs> so it doesn't, you know, uh, fly away or whatever. And so he ends up taking the manuscript, and it's something called The Sewing Season. Right. By John Shooter. Yeah, by, but, which is an awesome freaking right? name, by Whether the way. it's Yeah, exactly. Whether it's your pen name or if it's your real name, that's actually a good name for it, an author. It really is. <laughs> so, yeah, Mort takes uh, the manuscript inside with him, and he's like, you know, he looks at it like, John Shooter, and he's like, I don't know you, pal. And he just, he takes uh he takes it and he throws it, you know, yeah. into the garbage. And then he proceeds on with his nap. Yep. Which I'm looking at this place. I'm like, does this not have like a bedroom right? for you to go and sleep in? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the dog's got a bed. That's true. The dog's laying in its own bed and is nice and comfy. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he, you know, eventually gets up from his nap and he's trying to write. Right. And yeah, he has no idea where he's going with it, what he's doing. And the cleaning lady is downstairs vacuuming. Yeah. And Mort's talking to the dog pretty much like, you know, if if you don't bite her, I'm going to go down and kill her myself. Which I'm like, bro, she's doing what she's supposed to do. Right. You're paying her to clean your place. And that's exactly what she's doing for you. Exactly. So you don't like it. You're in a writer's block. Well, maybe you should just take your computer outside. Right. There. Exactly. (laughs) Well, anyway, so yeah, he's still looking at what he's right, what he wrote on the screen, and finally he, you know, is like, 
You know, you know what to do. It's kind of like a voice, you know, it's supposed to be like his voice in his head. Right. Just kind of telling him, talking, talking to himself. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what to do. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, yeah, he's like, I got to do it. And sure enough, he deletes the paragraph or whatever that he has. Right. And he's like, no bad writing. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of a humorous moment in a way, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, after that, he goes downstairs to get a drink and he notices that that manuscript is now sitting out on the kitchen table. Yep. And the cleaning lady comes by and she's like, oh, she's like, yeah, I found one of your manuscripts in the trash. I thought thought that you would like, you know, that you would want it. And I'm like, okay, if he put something in the trash, why would he want it? Exactly. Like, it's in the garbage for a reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people throw stuff away by accident. But not but, a whole man. Yeah, that looks like 50 pages or more exactly. of paper. You would notice that in your hands. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, she heads off to go do her, you know, some more cleaning stuff. And he sits down and he starts to kind of read it. Yeah. And, you know, it in his voice or whatever, he's reading it. And um, the cleaning, he ends up knocking over his soda onto the manuscript. Right. He gets to like this, I can't like remember the whole thing, but he gets this one passage about the guy and the the character in the book is talking about how he's going to bury his wife wife in the garden that she loved more than he did. Right. And then, yeah, he knocks over his soda and it gets on the manuscript and the cleaning lady comes back and she's like, oh, she's like you know it's okay i've got this you know this is what you know you're paying me to do kind of thing (laughs) and this is where he's telling her he's like i didn't write this he's like and it was funny like because the cleaning lady doesn't give a shit it's like oh she's whatever she's doing a job for him exactly and he keeps like well you know, I've never used the name John Shooter. I don't use pseudonyms. And yeah. And he's she's like, like, okay, okay well, that's know. nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know what else you want me to Which say. Is, yeah. I'm doing my job, cleaning for you. Yeah. I picked up a manuscript out of the trash. Mm-hmm. What you do with it from there is your business. Pretty much. I mean, she didn't say that, but yeah. It's just, exactly. You know, okay. You yep. know. Well, from there, he goes to his bookcase and he pulls out, he's got like a whole... Um, book of like short stories right and so he pulls that out because obviously he's recognized what john shooter had said at his yeah and apparently what's in this book so mort opens the book and finds one of the short stories called secret window yep and he starts reading it and sure enough it matches up exactly to what john shooter exactly like word for word right so it's like basically this to me, this looks like that John Shooter guy actually stole his story. Right. It's, I guess that's kind of what... But, it, well, we find out more, like, later. Well, yeah. But, anyway, so... But we get a quick flashback after he reads part of the par- paragraph about how she loved the that, you know, garden more than she loved him. Right. Type of thing. And there's a brief flashback to where his now ex-wife... Uh, you know, finds the secret the window. Secret window. There's like this window up in this room that's being hidden behind a, <clears throat> a excuse me, a chest of drawers. Yeah. Or, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, look at this secret window." I was like, "Well, you didn't 
How see that window see from the outside? Yeah, it's from outside. plainly visible from outside. <laughs> right. It's the only window on the wall yeah. right next to the fireplace chimney. Exactly. But, I mean, you know, it's a movie. But, yeah, she's, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, she, you know, was like talking about how, oh, you know, we need to go to the flea market and get rid of some, some of this stuff. It's like, no wonder the previous owners left it. And that's <laughs> whenever she moves the cabinet and she's talking about, oh, you know, look, it's a secret window. And yes. down there, that's where I'm going to put my secret garden. And it's yeah. like, Ugh, Ugh. whatever. Calm down. You know, so that was apparent. I guess that's how Mort came up with the story. Yeah. You know, was from from the wife saying that. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Mort starts going through and saying like, oh, shit. Yeah, there's, you know, it's pretty much like word <laughs> yeah. for word. Yeah. Um. So, of course, this, like, you know, makes him upset and stuff like that. And he starts, um, like, going through his desk. He's, like, looking for something. And he finally (laughs) finds, like, a pack of cigs that, you know, were buried somewhere. And, you know, he is kind of, like, looking around and he, you know, lights it and stuff like that. And then the cleaning lady comes up again. And the whole time, he's, like, trying to hide his, you know, like, that he's smoking. And I'm like, who the hell cares? It's not your mother. She's just a cleaning lady. So who cares if you're smoking? Exactly. I mean, I guess unless she's got some extreme aversion to smoking. (laughs) As soon as she finds it, she's going to squirt him with a water bottle or something. Right. It's like... (laughs) Well, anyway, so she, you know, is telling him that she's done for the day. And, you yeah. know, like I said, he's trying to hide the fact that he's smoking. But then she turns back around and again, he's trying to hide it. And she tells him kind of like, you know, it's not really my place. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really my place. But, you know, um, sometimes a woman doesn't know that she's got something good right in front of her. Right. Of course, talking about his ex. Right. And, you know, she she just kind of leaves it at that. And she's just like, you know. You're a good man, Mr. Rainey. Yeah. You know, and then <laughs> she uh, leaves. Yep. And then he goes back to his uh, napping place, which, again, I'm like, dude, there's got to be a bed up there somewhere. Exactly. I mean. It's, you can tell it's bothering me. Where's the bed? Exactly. <laughs> Where's your bed? Sleep in it, man. Exactly. Just, just sleep in your bed. And so, yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> He's laying there and he's like, I didn't steal that story. You know, at least I don't think I did. And it just, it shows him, you know, trying to fall, you know, fall yeah. asleep again. And he kind of starts, he halfway asleep and halfway awake, he right. starts having these like flashes of like a dream where it is like the front door to his like cabin lake mm-hmm. house thing is like basically like just flapping like right, right off its hinges like violently and flashes of light and then you see like a silhouette like of look like yeah exactly of the hat and stuff yep. yeah and then he's just woken you know completely awake by the telephone ringing right so yeah the phone rings and we find out that it's his ex-wife yeah and she's calling because she said that she you know she wanted to know if he was okay because she had gotten this feeling right you know that something was off and she was talking about how, you know, I know you always, you know, think that that's stupid or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, kind of like an intuition type thing. Right. And they just have this conversation and he, you know, wants to know, like, do you remember, you know, that story secret uh, window? Yeah. And she was talking about how, yeah, not one of my favorites. And he's <laughs> like, well, he's like, I guess that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and. Yeah. He's like, I really miss your constructive criticism. Right. Stuff. 
Well, he he was asking her like, you know, do you do you uh, do you remember like what you know what uh, influenced you know. Uh, the story right and which her like, yeah yeah her response was you mean besides jack daniels she's like not really <laughs> you know and he of course he's like yeah he's you know he you know pretty much admits that he had you know an issue right exactly um, and he's like look that's not what i'm getting at and she's right. like well then what are you getting at like do you mean like it was influenced you know, by another story exactly another she's person like, story yeah she's like you swore that one time was the only time you did that right so now as viewers, we're all like, what? Yeah, he's what? Done this dun, before. Dun, dun. Exactly. The plot thickens. Right. And he's like, no. He's like, that was the only time. Yeah. And uh, it the conversation pretty much ends when he finds out that her and Ted, the guy that she cheated with. Right. They're still together. They're and still stuff. together. At first, he thought that they weren't together because she's like, we're not together. Right. And, you know he got you could tell he got you know kind of happy about it and then she's like no what i mean is we're not together right now right he's not he's not here with me right now exactly she's like well sometimes you know i go over to his house sometimes he comes over here Mm -hmm. and he's like oh well that's really good to know because basically through this conversation she's you know you find out that she's still in their house together their main house that they had together right and he's like, oh, well, that's really good to know. You know, I hope he enjoys, you know, this and this and this. He's like, that's because that's why I bought that stuff anyway. Right. Because you could tell, you know, since he was an author, he was the one who had the money. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, if you look at it like that. Right. So. And so that's kind of what irks him and bugs him about mm-hmm. the whole situation. And uh, we cut, we cut the scene fades where they just kind of say their goodbyes on the phone. And, right. And he's on the couch calling himself stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So we see Mort, and he's walking around outside. Yeah. And turns out John Shooter is out there, too. Yep. And this is where they have the discussion on, you know, basically who wrote it first. Exactly. And so he, um, Shooter says that he wrote it in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is where Mort is kind of like, aha, you know, like. You know, I got you. I got you, because I wrote mine in 94, and it was published in this it's like some weird obscure magazine. Yeah, I didn't recognize it. I didn't either. But he said it was published for the first time in that magazine in 1995. Right. So which would have been two years before. Exactly. You know. And, you know, at that point, um, Shooter still doesn't believe him. And he's like, you know. He's like, you lie. <sighs> throws him against the car and mm-hmm. stuff. And so that's whenever he tells him, like, look, he's like, you know, go find the magazine and you'll find a you know the story in there yourself yeah and he's like well where am i supposed to find this magazine and he's pretty much like that's not my problem yeah you he, know and john shooter then kind of tells him like okay well then should i just ask your wife who lives in riverdale new york yeah and he you know he's like well maybe i should just show up you know to your house in riverdale new york and ask your wife for it and he you know it kind of, of course, catches Mort off guard. You right. Know, like, what do you, you like, know, wh- how did you get that information? <laughs> but then he realizes it was on the back of one of the book jackets for right. one of his books. Yeah. And it was info where he lived and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, you know what? That's not our house anymore. It's her house It's her now. house now. You're right. So um, he, you know, tells him, he's like, look, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're, if you want to find out so much, you know, you're just going to have to find that magazine yourself. Exactly. And 
this is where uh, he tells tells him like, well, you know what? Why don't you call Amy and get it, and you know, we'll we'll like look at it together, right? Because John Turturro's character, John Shooter, is saying that he's telling he's threatening Mort at this point. Yeah, he's like, you come off as the kind of guy who's looking for a head to knock off with a shovel. With yeah, whatever that saying means. I guess <laughs> right. it means you're looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. And he says like, if you want to fight then that's not going to end well. One of us is going to end up dead. Right. And this is where he gives him the ultimatum. Like, you have three days to produce yep. the magazine. You know, otherwise, yeah. I guess they're going to start fighting. Right. Um, and one thing that's kind of important later on in the film is while they're talking, a a vehicle drives by, and it's the local sheriff. Right. And the sheriff waves, and John Shooter waves back. Yeah. But Mort doesn't wave. Mm-hmm. And so from there, you kind of get, um, you see Mort, he's back home. He's agreed to John Shooter. Yeah. Okay, I'll get you the magazine. And if you see for yourself that I published it first, will you go away? Right. John Shooter just nods and gets back in his car. Yeah. And so um, Mort, yeah, is back at his his uh, usual place. <laughs> yes. And he's, you know, eating a sandwich and he's talking to his dog and yeah. he's pretty much talking about how he really does not want to have to call Amy. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to call her. And he lays down on the ground. He's like, all right, fine. I'll call her, I'll get the magazine and then I'll go back to bed. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so then the dog hears like other dogs outside barking mm-hmm. and um, he wants to go off and do dog stuff. Yeah, he goes off. Chico goes to do dog things. Yes. And <laughs> Now, this is something else that comes into play later on as well. Right. So, Mort gets up and he unplugs his phone mm-hmm. so that nobody can call him and disturb him. And he just lays back down right. on the couch to go back to sleep. Because, again, apparently he doesn't have a bed in this uh, yeah, ca- he, cabin. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, he's taking his nap, his like 300th nap. <laughs> and in the nap or whatever, he ends up falling off a cliff into some water. Well, he ends up falling off the couch onto the floor. Right. He's having one of them falling dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so been a he, while, but yeah, those are scary. Right. So he gets up and he notices a, uh, gets up, gets some water, and he notices um, like some flapping. You know, like there's something on the house and it's flapping. So mm-hmm. he goes out to investigate. Well, he tries to turn the outside light on. And it's not working. And so he, you know, gets a flashlight and realizes somebody broke the light bulb. Right. Which I feel like if I was home and I heard that, I feel like I'd actually hear it. Even yeah, if I that's... was napping. Exactly. I mean. But whatever. You'd think so. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so of course now he's really suspicious. And so. <laughs> right. He, you know, he's got the flashlight. He's walking around outside the house and he does find the note and it says, um, you know, three days, I'm serious, no police. Right. And so he's still looking around, looking around. And finally he comes across something that's underneath a, uh, not tarp, but. Yeah, some sort of cover or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was. And so he, you know, he reveals what's under the cover. Unfortunately, it's Chico who's been stabbed to death in the neck. Or Chico. With, I know, with a uh, screwdriver. Right. Which is awfully extreme. I mean, when they left their their meeting in mm-hmm. the park or wherever that was. It yeah, was, it was outside somewhere. It was fairly civil. Like, I mean, they had agreed to the three-day uh, yeah. period. 
pretty civilly. Yeah. I mean, John Shooter left without right any you know incident, any fighting. He's like, "Yep, if you give me that magazine, we're uh, cool." I'll man. leave you alone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess he wasn't cool. Now he stepped it up a little bit. Yeah, he Couple freaking of yeah he freaking killed Chico about ten notches. Yeah, and so of course he's upset. And he's all like, Chico. Yes, no. No. I'll get you for this, John. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, he goes in. He starts locking down the entire house. Yep. And then we see him and he's, you know, um, he's uh, digging a grave for poor Chico. Right. Yeah. So after the death of Chico, R.I.P., yep. <laughs> um, he goes to see the sheriff. Right. He decided to ignore the whole no police thing and the no... <laughs> Which I Which, understand. Which, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, this sheriff is old. Yeah, and he doesn't... He doesn't... This whole meeting is weird. It is, because you could kind of tell he's like, well, he's like, I don't really think we have anything we could charge him with. And he's like, and Mort's <laughs> like, uh, you know, cruel animal cruelty. Right, destruction of private property is <laughs> another thing he mentioned, because he busted out his lamp. and Right, you know, like, stuff like that. You could charge him with at least two things, mm-hmm. one of which is serious. Right, and he's just, you could tell he's just kind of putting Mort off. It's right. like, you know. Like the sheriff is sitting there at the desk, and he's doing needlepoint. And he's yeah. like, needlepoint, would you believe it? My doctor says it's good for their arthritis. Yeah. And like, I guess okay. it's his secretary, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what her title would be. Yeah. Something like that. And she's on the phone, but she's not on the phone doing business. She's on right. the phone with like some sort of personal matter. Cause she's like mm-hmm. laughing and chuckling and it's like, oh no, you don't say sort of things. I feel like it, like they're hinting at the fact that it's a small town and like yeah. nothing really goes on. That's and, true. You know what I mean? It's probably not... more like a vacation spot, and maybe the worst they get is some stolen, you know, property right. or something, or like noise car wreck or something. Or something you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So at this point, it's almost like a dead end talking to the sheriff. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So he ends up uh, heading to New York. Yep. And um, hire, hiring, I believe it's a, like a private detective. I think so. I thought it was like his literary agent. But no. they were like, yeah, it's probably a private detective because he, you know, worked with him yeah. on the last plagiarism sort of issue. Right. The last time around. Because this guy, he's like, you know, are you sure that it was, you know, because he right. knew about the situation before. Exactly. But... Um, he was also talking about how, now is this like a nor like the normal wackos that I've dealt with that I've helped <laughs> you with before, or is this like on another level? Right. Like the kind of person that you could probably just be like, Hey, okay, look, you know, why Talk don't we give them. you some cash or, you know, what do right. you want so that you can drop this beef with this guy yeah, or whatever? Yeah, so you can go away. Otherwise, you know, maybe some sort of person that you need to involve some serious law enforcement with. Well, and then that's whenever Mort was talking about the sheriff, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're not going to be much help. No, he's like, besides the sheriff, there might be a cat person anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a stupid joke. Yeah, kind of. Um, but, you know, so he, you know, ends up hiring the guy, and uh, he finds out that, sure enough, Mort and Amy are no longer together. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, did you finally, did you end up banging one of your uh, groupies <laughs> or whatever? And yeah. He was like, you know, no. <laughs> yeah. So what was kind of funny was like at the, as they started first talking, like he, he punched a clock, the yeah. time clock or whatever to right. bill him. Yep. 
And as soon as he made that crack, oh, yeah, Mort reaches over and punches it. the time clock out. And the detective guy is like, okay, you know what? You're right. That was that was a low blow. It was unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. And so he punches the clock back in. And he tells Mort, and he's like, okay, look, tell you what. You know, go do what you got to do. Go, you know, get your magazine to right. show this guy. And he's like, when you get home tonight, you'll see a black Cadillac mm-hmm. in your driveway. He's like, don't worry. It's just me. I'm right. going to be there keeping an eye on the place. Yep. And, uh, you know, Mort, basically, he's like, agrees. He's like, okay. Yeah. And he gets up and leaves. Right. So he stops off at Amy's house. Yep. And he, you know, sees Amy and he sees Ted. You know, yeah. the other man. And he, you know, sees him going someplace and he's like, this isn't my beautiful wife. <laughs> this, this isn't, isn't my, my beautiful, beautiful house, house anymore. That's right. <laughs> and then he like leaves, which I'm very confused because it's like, aren't you supposed to stop and get the magazine? Like, why the hell did you drive all the way? Like, you drove to New York. Right. To, you know, to see the one guy, the private detective guy. Right. But... Now you've just wasted a whole trip when you could have like, hey, I need this magazine, you know, let exactly, me in, exactly. Whatever. So whatever. So yeah. he ends up leaving and he goes back home and he sees the black Cadillac that's mm-hmm. you know in the driveway. So it's like okay, cool. So he gets out, but he notices that the guy's head is slumped onto the thing. So it's like, uh oh, you know, yeah. did shooter get to him? Like what happened? Exactly. Well. Ah, you know, surprise. (laughs) He taps on the glass and of course they both freak out. Yeah, they both freak out. Well, anyway, you know, they have like a big laugh about it. Yeah, you you scared me and I scared you and blah, blah, blah. And instead, you know, I mean, he tells them like, you know, look, he's like, I walked around the perimeter, you know, it's fine. There's, you know, nobody here. Mm -hmm. And he makes the joke like, oh, you, you know, did you look under my bed? And... Um, he's like, yeah, you know, and I also looked in your, uh, your toy box too. Right. You know, there's no monsters. Right. You know, there's. He, he even like said, cause, uh, Mort, not Shooter, Mort yeah. asked, uh, are you going to stay the night? Right. And the detective guy's like, no, I wasn't planning on it unless you wanted me to. Right. Um, basically he's not going to stay the night, but Mort did talk him into making one more sweep through yeah. the house just to make sure. Right. And so he does, and again, you know, there's nothing. Right. And he tells them, you know, well, he's like, I'm staying in this one uh, little motel in town, and he gives the name. He's like, do you know it? And we flash back to when Mort was at that motel, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the wife was there. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I know that place kind of thing. And so he's like, you know, okay. And he had asked Mort, too. He's like, you know, the, the day that you were talking to Shooter... Did anybody see you? Right. And he mentions, you know, we flash back again to seeing that vehicle and stuff that John Shooter had waved at. Yeah, and I thought it was, uh, I was mistaken. I thought it was like a sheriff right. in his, like, patrol car. But it turns it out, wasn't. right, it turns out it's this guy, guy named Tom Greeley. Yeah. Who is, you know, like a local guy. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. So he tell he tells that information to the detective. Yep. And so it's like, okay, well, we'll talk to him tomorrow. Exactly. Kind of thing to get mm-hmm. some more information. And so the detective leaves and, you know, Mort's in the house, but he hears something and he, 
we get like this like three minute you know thing of him like <laughs> looking for shooter or looking for something right he's patrolling his house with a fireplace poker right and ultimately he ends up in the a bed. bedroom yeah where a bed there's resides. a bed y'all <laughs> dun, he does dun, dun. have he does have a bed he just doesn't sleep in it miracle of miracles <laughs> yeah <laughs> So anyway, yeah, he ends up in there. There's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. But then he hears something in the bathroom. So he goes into the bathroom. Well, first he's like, you know, I'm, you know, calls the person a shithead. Right. Which he's <laughs> looking in the bathroom from yeah. the bedroom. And he sees what he thinks to be like a silhouette of somebody. Right. But it's just a reflection of something in mm-hmm. like the medicine cabinet mirror. But yeah, he calls. He's like, you know. I'm going to come for you, shithead. Yeah, it's like, like, you got to count of five. Right, and he goes, one, two, and then he just charges in there with the fire poker. Yeah. And he attacks the mirror, um, the cabinet mirror. Yeah. And, you know, shatters it. And he's like, I just killed my mirror. Yeah. (laughs) And then he hears a little something, you know, like in the tub area. And so... He immediately attacks the glass um, shower right. door. Yeah. And he's like, I just killed my shower door. And yeah, he, it's like, easy there, bro. Yeah. And he opens it, and it turns out it's just a little mouse. Yeah. You know, that was making the noise. So he, you know, takes a towel, covers the mouse to, you know, put it outside. Yeah. Pretty much. And so, you know, he's walking over to his desk. He sees he's got one cigarette left. And, you know, he puts it back and you see him. He walks down the stairs, comes back up the stairs and he also grabs the cigarette. This time he grabs the cigarette, puts it in his <laughs> mouth and he's like, smoke. He's like, I, I feel like I want to smoke. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to smoke this one and then I'm going to buy a whole new sm- pack and I'm going to smoke all those exactly. too. <laughs> so, yep. Mort goes downstairs to let the mouse go and yep. he's, you know, letting the mouse go. He's got, you know, he ends up. Uh, letting it go and um, lights the cigarette. Yeah. And then John Shooter is right behind him and he's like, I thought you didn't smoke. <laughs> and yeah, he makes the joke of, well, he's like, I started, you know, to help my, my health. And this is where, cause like, that's just it. John Shooter seems to know like everything. So he's exactly. like, he's like basically what we said, which is, you were at the wife's house. Why didn't she get the magazine while you were there? Yeah. You know? And he kind of confronts him with that. He's like, there isn't any magazine, is there? Right. And uh, so at this point, you know, Shooter's kind of like walking around Mort. And Mort, there's a shovel stuck in the ground still. Right. So he's trying to grab the shovel behind his back. hmm But now Shooter just kind of walks around and confronts him and puts his hand on the shovel. He's like... He's like, I want you to rewrite the ending. Right. And so basically what we find out is John Shooter's accusing him of not only stealing his story, he's also accusing him of changing the ending. Right. So that it would be his own or whatever. He's like, my ending was better. Yeah. So now Mort asks him, like, okay, well, what was your ending? Mm -hmm. And so this is when Shooter says, he quotes the ending line from his book where he has Todd, the character in the book, going in for another ear of corn and saying to himself, you know, in time, I'm sure her memory will even be a mystery to me. Right. And uh, we see Mort has, he agrees. He's like, okay, well, I'll help you. I'll rewrite your ending and I'll help you get published. Then will you go away? Right. And so at some point during this whole confrontation, 
shooter to just kind of make his get his point across and let him know that he's again that he's not yeah. fooling around. He takes the shovel because at this point Mort is going to attack him with the shovel. Mm-hmm. Takes the shovel from Mort and pins him up against the tree with it. Yeah, and he tells him, you know, I'm up not up against his throat. Yeah, he's like, I'm not messing around. He's like, you know, you think you think you can get away with this, and you can't. And and he starts he starts mentioning other personal information mm-hmm. and things that he knows that for some reason he knows these things but he shouldn't know these things. Right. He's like you know well you know I sure would it sure would be a shame if anything were to ever happen like if Amy were to come down here and something happened to her. Right. He's like what if that little chainsaw that you keep in that shed out back and you know things like that. And he's like yeah. who do you think they would look at first right. if anything were to happen? Exactly. And uh, he leaves it with. You know, basically, like, you need to fix this and you need to make this right. Right. You know, or else. Yep. And he just kind of leaves and walks off into, like, you know, fades into yeah. the fades night into or whatever. Night. Yes. <laughs> so, um, after that, we see more, and he's actually laying in bed, yes. guys. Yes. He's finally. finally laying in bed. Yep. Finally. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure that'll become more, uh, talk later. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So he, uh, gets up in the, you know, he's up in the morning and (laughs) he plugs in the phone. Right. And it immediately rings. (laughs) (laughs) When she looks at the phone, he's like, well, that's weird. Yeah. Which is like, not really though, because phones ring. Well, yeah, but... Uh, anywho, so she, he answers the phone. I'm sorry, not she. He answers the phone. Right. And it's Amy. Right. And uh, he's, she's like, well, I've been trying to get a hold of you all night and all this morning. Like, why did you unplug your phone? Which, so that's not how those kinds of phones work, unless you have an answering machine that would answer for you. Like, if you just unplug a regular landline, it'll still yeah. ring on the other end. It does? Yeah, I, think, I thought it would make like a like a weird like beeping noise, no, and not. I thought it would still ring. Mm, I don't. Oh. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? I thought I found a little plot hole you, or something. Right. <laughs> you might have. I don't know. So she, you know, she's like, you know, why'd you unplug your phone? You know, I've been trying to get a hold of you, and he's like, well, I've been asleep. So what do you want? Yeah, he's like, lower your voice. Yeah. And, and oh, go ahead. She tells him she's like, our house burned down. Yeah. It's like shit. Gee. Yeah. I wonder. I so. wonder. So yeah, he goes he goes back to Riverdale, New York mm-hmm. and shows up and sure enough, the house is burned down. Yep. And he's just kind of staring at it and he, you know, has this memory, uh, you know, and it shows like the house is normal and, you know, the wife was leaving the house and he's making this joke, you know, comes out, you know, in a bathrobe and he's making this joke like, Hey, didn't the escort service tell you I'm 300, not 100? Yeah. You, know, you only left it. You it's only just left like a hundred dollar bill in the dresser. Yeah. It was just, just, you yeah. know, like this cute thing, like showing that at one point they were happy kind of thing. Right. So anyway, so after that moment we see, yeah, like the house is completely burned down. Yep. And he, you know, gets approached from not only Amy, yeah. but also Ted. Ted is there. This is where we start getting more about Ted. Yeah, Ted, you know? Ted seems like a real tool. He does. Ted is interjecting and he's getting himself, making himself involved mm-hmm. in this whole investigation thing. Yeah. is like, you don't, 
you know, you can be present, but you don't need to be involved exactly. because you're not the legal owners of this house. And that's just it. Amy so, and Mordar. Right. And that's just it. Like the, the fire department chief is like, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Rainey. And he, you know, they're like, you know, yes. And Ted is like, you know, also like, yes, which yeah. no, you're not. <laughs> and so this is whenever, you know, he points out like, yeah, this was definitely arson. Yeah. Um. You know, and he's asking, like, you know, do you have any enemies? And, you know, of course, Amy says no. Ted is like, no, not a soul. And I just love it because you can see more giving him, like, this look. Yeah, he's like, like, do you mind if I answer one or two of these, Ted? Exactly. (laughs) And then that's whenever he tells him, you know, yes, I have an enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at this point, they are at a meeting with uh, the insurance company. Yep. So now we're in the insurance meeting. Yep. And for some reasons, you know, Ted is there. Yeah. Which, so what the I hell? don't know. Like, okay. So the the insurance investigator, yeah. she mentions that, you know, it's okay for him to be there, but yeah. I really don't know that it really would have been okay since right. he's not yeah, the he's legal not owner of the property or anything, and he's not even legally married to Amy. Exactly. You know. So. But anywho, so Ted is rubbernecking, yeah. like literally. So. They're supposed to be going over this comprehensive list of everything that was listed in the house at the time right. of the fire. Um, and they're supposed to be going over that list to make sure that it's correct that everything on there yeah. actually was in the house. Exactly. Or whatever. Right. And Ted keeps looking over, kind of, you know, like he wants to make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, Mort doesn't say that, oh, you know, that was in there or that wasn't in there, right. trying to, like, get something or and whatever. Mort's pissed. He's like, you know, Amy, he's rubbernecking. Yeah, That's exactly he is. what he says. He's literally rubbernecking. Right. And so the, uh, the, female investigator or the female insurance lady right mentions you know that you actually you know can't you have no uh rights to look at the exactly list. and she's like and since it's it's obviously bothering mr rainey yeah you know like yeah you can't look at it yeah which is funny because <laughs> uh more car- johnny depp is like you know oh yes mr rainey minds very much yeah exactly <laughs> so at this point he decides you know he mentions like well, I guess I'll, you know, go out and, you know, walk a block. Yeah. And I love it because more it's like, oh, live a little, Ted. Make it two. Yeah, make it two blocks. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, they go back to looking at the list. And then they end up, you know, after they're done with that, they are um, in the elevator and, you know, they're leaving. And he asks her, or she, I'm sorry, she asks him, she's like, you know, this shooter guy, it's like, are you sure that you didn't steal his story? Right. Um, he's just, which I can't blame her for asking right. because it's like if this shooter dude really did burn down our house, mm-hmm. you know this is literally your fault. Yeah, if you really did steal his story right. and he took revenge. And then you know Mort is like I, you know he's like I promise I did not steal his story. Yeah, and then he's like you know aside from us and the lawyers he's like nobody else knows about that right right at this point he's you know he wants to know like does ted know about it yeah like you know yeah because ted ted would probably squeal like a Mm -hmm. he would sing like a songbird (laughs) yeah and so she tells him she's like no she's like i haven't told ted Mm -hmm. and so ted ends up showing up you know two cups of coffee and just on time yeah 
you know, and he's like, he, at first he was saying, you know, that he was sorry. And, and, you know, he's like, well, he's like, I know that you like my, a lot of my old things, which yeah. that was a good day. That was actually a pretty good one. Yeah. He's like, I know how much you like my things, Ted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so at this point, Ted is taking out, you know, taking Mort out to talk to him. Right. And I love it because Mort is like, uh-oh, I guess I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting scene. Yeah. So, yeah, they go out to have this discussion. Yeah. And I just, I love it because Morty's like, you're a dick. <laughs> just right off. Just straight right out of the, the gate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it goes, it goes south pretty quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's very confrontational. Yeah. Um, you know, he's pretty much, uh, Ted is saying, you know, look, I don't like you being in my life and you don't like me being in yours. But until this divorce is over, right. we're stuck. You yeah. Know? So, Which is, you know, true. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Ted needs to kind of, he needs to back off of the whole insurance thing, though. Right. So, anywho. But it was just funny, though, because Moore is talking about how, yeah, pretty much pointing out, like, you're the other man kind of thing. Right. And um, Ted is like, look, you know, your marriage ended long before I got there. Right. You know, but... Kind of implying, I guess, either they were, like, having marital problems. Right. Or perhaps on the... I don't think they were the, on the road to divorce at that time. Probably not. Because Mort's retort to that is like, oh, well, you know, I guess you must have found it strange that she still had a wedding ring right. on then. Right, exactly. But, um, so after all of that, though, uh, he... More asks, like, you know, so, Teddy, where are you from? He's yeah. like, I detect, you know, a bit of an accent. Yeah, Ted does have a, has mm-hmm. a slight southern accent to him. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm from Tennessee. And he's like, oh, really? Well, I was thinking maybe Mississippi. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm from a small town called Shooter's Bay. Mm-hmm. Dun, and, dun, dun. Yeah. And so, you know, you see him, you know, walking off at that point. Yeah. So Mort heads home. Yep. But he doesn't find his private detective guy. Right. So he's he, supposed to be there keeping an eye on things. Right. And so he kind of makes the joke like, what am I paying you for? Yeah. But anyway, so he goes inside or um, he hears the phone ringing while he's mm-hmm. outside. So he goes inside and answers it. It's, it is the private detective. Yep. And he mentions, like, well, he's like, no worries. You know, I did a sweep, like, an hour ago. Yeah. And he tells he tells them, yeah, well, Shooter showed up about an hour after you left the night before. Yep. And, you know, that, of course, surprised him. And so he, it turns out that the detective had found out about his house burning down. Yeah. And, you know, of course, he apologized. You know, sorry that happened. And Mort's telling him, he's like, yeah, he's like, the, the thing is, though, is that um, the magazine that I needed also burned, you know, burned up with it. Right. And he's like, so now I don't know how I'm going to get a hold of the magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where the detective tells him, he's like, well, he's like, I thought about that and I contacted your agent. And it turns out he has a copy of it. And yep. so he's, you know, going to send it to you, uh, FedEx. You should be able to pick it up tomorrow around three. Right. And so I love it though, because Mort makes the joke about how, oh, you know, I knew there's a reason I hired you, kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. And so, anyway, but um, the detective mentioned that he took the time and talked to Tom uh, Greenleaf, who was the guy that saw him right. uh, talking to Shooter that one day. And he's like, you know, it was really weird because 
um, he he at first said that he saw you, but then he like backtracked. Right. He's like he got really nervous, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "No, no, come to think of it, I didn't see anything." That yeah, day. I didn't. I didn't. And I didn't even go down that street. Yeah. You know, kind of thing, and so. The detective, you know, is asking more, you know, like, why is why did he all of a sudden back down from what he was talking about? Right. And, of course, Mort didn't have any idea. Yeah, Mort's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's, he's old, you know, he's paranoid. Maybe he just either forgot yeah. or he's, you know, scared for some reason. Well, that Which was when is, the detective mentioned. Yeah. He's like, no, he's like, I think he's scared. Yeah. And he talks about how Shooter, he's like, he, you know, I was wrong. He's not one of those, you know, regular wacko type of, you know, this this guy's dangerous. Right. And he kind of lays out a little scenario that he thinks might be going on. Right. He says, you know, let's just say supposedly somebody hires this Shooter guy to mm-hmm. kind of scare you because they got a, you know, they got a beef with you or whatever. Right. And he's like, but they don't realize they hire the wrong guy. And he mm-hmm. goes a little too far. He kills a dog. He burns down a house. Right. And now it's too late. They can't call him off. And then this is when Mort tells him about Ted. Yeah. You know, like that maybe Ted could be behind, you know, be behind it somehow. Maybe right. he was like the one who hired him. Right. Which, you know, the, you know, he and Ted's relationship. Yeah. It's not the best. Yeah. You know, clearly. Right. For good reason. So... But so. they decide, you know, that, you know, tomorrow we'll we'll go and talk to uh, Tom Greenleaf together. Mm-hmm. I love it because he tells them, you know, bring your six-shooter, Pilgrim. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> Calm down there, John Wayne. Yeah, really. I'm pretty sure Mort doesn't have his six-shooter anyway. Probably not. So we find Mort on the couch. Shocker. Yeah, yeah which... <laughs> so didn't the scene before close with him laying in the bed? That's what I thought, and too. And then he, like... He, like, got up in the middle of the night and he said something about, you know, POS or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and then the scene, like you said, we see that he wakes up on the couch. He's back on the couch again. Yeah, and it's daylight. Yeah. Coming from the secret window. The secret window. Ooh. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, he looks at the time and realizes, like, oh, shit, I'm, you know, late. Right. So, you know, he gets up and he, you know, looks at the uh, key holder and mm-hmm. doesn't see his keys there. So he's, like, searching himself, can't find it, can't find them. Yep. Well, he goes to, you know, goes outside First thing he sees is Shooter's hat yeah. sitting on the porch. Right there in plain right view. Right there. And then he looks and he sees that his car door is open. Yep, and the engine's running. And the engine's the, running. It's making that beep noise, you know, keep right. the doors open and all that. Right. And so he gets into the car and he notices some cigarettes, but they're uh, Paul, he says Paul Mall. Which is what Shooter smoked, actually. Mm-hmm. That first day that he met Shooter at that park right. or whatever it was, Yep. he actually offered uh, uh, Mort some cigarettes and they yeah. were Paul Mall brand. Right. Which isn't the brand that Mort smokes, even though he says he doesn't smoke right. throughout the movie. He smokes like L and M or L M or something I like don't that. Know. It's probably some fancy ass. Uh... Something fancy or maybe mm-hmm. some brand. I don't know cigarette brands. Right. Could be something they made up for the movie. Right. But anyway, so he ends up uh, going back in and he bags uh, bags up the hat. Yep. Um, as like evidence or whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, smart idea. Mm-hmm. And so he heads to his meeting, which. It's in like, it's like a diner slash like grocery store. <laughs> Which is kind of cool in a way. Yeah. I always like like this, this country, small town type stuff. Yeah. 
Like they have this little bar set up where everybody's sitting there eating breakfast, and they right. have a couple tables. Yeah, but then, then the rest of the store is like this just yeah, like general store. store, like you said. Right. So he walks in, and it's very obvious he doesn't fit in with any of these people. Oh no, no, you no, know, not at all. The locals are very country, and he's mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. And so he he goes down some of the aisles, and he's looking for uh, the detective. Doesn't mm-hmm. find him. So he's, you know, sitting there and he asks the waitress, he's like, you know, hey, um, has anybody been in here looking for me? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. He's, he's like, well, you know, have you seen like a, a New York, like cop looking guy? Right. And she's like, no, I haven't seen anybody that, you know, fits that description. And, and he's like, oh, he's like, well, I had a, you know, we had a meeting set up and she's like, well, and he's like, and I overslept. Yeah. And she's like, well, maybe he did too. Cause he's not, he hasn't been here. Right. Which, I mean, she isn't his secretary. Yeah. She's not going to keep yeah, tabs. records of appointments. Exactly. Right. It's like, so, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. Like, I didn't see a gigantic New York cop looking guy walking in here. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So he's left and yep. he's driving along and he passes by a gas station and he sees Ted uh, gassing up his car. So he like stops in the middle of the road and is yeah. like... <laughs> like throws it in park and everything. Yeah, throws it in park and then he ends up backing up and backing into the gas station. Yeah. And, you know, he parks in front of Ted. Right. And, you know, he's asking Ted, like, so what are you doing here? Yeah. He's like, well, I came down here to see you, actually. Right. And he's like, oh, he's like, is your, you know, little friend here with you? Yeah. Which the look on Ted's face there is kind of, he's a little puzzled, but he's like, no, I came alone. Because if you think about it, maybe he was thinking about Amy. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's probably what he was assuming was that he meant Amy. But he was like, no, he's like, I just came here to talk to you, you know, uh, you know. Right. Kind of like one-on-one or whatever. Right. He's like, look, you know, I came down here so that we could finish this. And he reaches in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, you think, oh, he's going for something. He's, <laughs> right. He pulls out a stack of papers, and mm-hmm. it's actually the divorce agreement, the divorce right. papers. And that's what Mort said. He's like, my divorce papers? Yeah. You know, like, really? Yeah, he like throws them down on the hood, and he's like, yes, you know. You you were supposed to have signed these weeks ago, and he's like, Mort's like, well, have Amy send them to my lawyer. And he's like, well, you know, your lawyer said that, you know, you haven't accepted any of his phone calls type yep, of thing. exactly. And so, yeah, Mort is not going to sign these papers. Um, and he basically tells him, he's like, look, he's like, don't you think this is going a little bit too far? Yeah. Um, you know, this pretty much like this isn't, you know going to work out great right exactly so yeah so mort is telling ted basically like you know just to leave him alone he's like i don't respond well to threats and intimidation makes me feel icky (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so it it actually kind of starts to escalate a little bit into the physical realm because he shoves ted yeah he shoves ted up against not up against the car i'm sorry he shoves shoves ted and yeah 
pushes him out of the way and right. Ted's like, you know, he's like, look, you know, I'm, I basically, like, I'm not here looking for a fight. And he's like, but I think you and I both know that if you don't get this done, then, you know, it could get bad. Right. Which, you know, we don't know exactly what Ted means by that, but it sure does come off kind well, of... and that's just it. Moore is taking it as, like, oh, he's going to send Shooter to do something Exactly. Else. That's, that's what Mort's kind of thinking. Exactly. Right. And so, at this point, Mort, Mort just punches him right in the stomach. Right. Well, oh yeah, I think he does. He does. He does. And he then and then him. Ted responds by trying to punch. Mm-hmm. Mort, but Mort ducks out of the way and like right. punches the window glass of his own car. Yeah. <laughs> and Mort's like, you know, oh, well, tough break there, old Ted. Yeah. And uh, takes he, off. Yep. Leaves Ted there at the gas station with possibly broken knuckles. Right. <laughs> so anyway, Mort gets home and the phone is, you know, going off again. Mm-hmm. It's ringing again. So he picks up. This time it's Shooter. Yep. And he tells him, he's like, you know, meet me on the path where we met the last time. Right. Um, and he says something along the lines of, um, whoever you don't tell, um... Well, whoever you, um, if you tell anybody after this moment, they're your responsibility, right. is what he tells them. Exactly. And, you know, I kind of find it interesting that he... So he gathered up Shooter's hat, and I thought he was going to go to the police with it. Yeah. But he goes back home with Shooter's hat. Right, right. Which is kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. It's like, yeah. dude, why aren't you, like, doing any of the things that you normally, you should be doing under these sort of weird circumstances? I guess because he thinks that the cops there suck. That's true. They do <laughs> They do kind of suck. They do sort of suck Just a little there. bit. But anyway, so, yeah, he's, you know, running down the path to go meet Shooter. Yep. So yeah, we see Mort running down the path. Yep. And he comes across uh, Tom Greenleaf's uh, um, SUV. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's like, Tom, you know, and he goes up there. He finds Tom. Yeah. Tom's been stabbed in the head with a uh, screwdriver. Poor Tom. He got he got the old, uh, what was it, uh, Cosmo. <laughs> or what was the name of Cosmo. the dog? <laughs> what was the name of the dog? Oh, oh, um, Chico. Chico. He got the Chico treatment. <laughs> Poor Chico. I know. <laughs> anyway. Cosmo. So, Cosmo Kramer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so he got the Chico treatment with yeah, uh, the screwdriver. So there's Tom, but then he also sees the detective who has also been killed. Yeah. So, um, more, Seems, yeah. Yeah, so Mort ends up passing out outside mm-hmm. of the vehicle. Which is kind of funny. Like, the last thing that Mort, like, sees before he passes out is, like, this little squirrel up in mm-hmm. the tree. It's like the squirrel is, like, he knows things. He's going to go to the police or something. Right. So he passes out, like you said, and he wakes up sometime later, and he's looking at his watch trying to, you know, figure out what time it is. Right. And we hear Shooter's voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells him the time. I forget what he says, like, yeah. quarter after three or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, I, I, you know, you've been asleep for, you know, so many, for like three hours. He's like, you know, I would have, I was getting tired of waiting. I would have pinned a note to you, but you scare easily. Yeah. <laughs> and so Mort's trying his best to like get away, but his leg had fallen asleep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when he collapsed, he, yeah, he was laying on his leg. Wrong. Right. So. And so he's like trying to run away, but the one leg won't cooperate. Right. <laughs> and so, so now shooters, you know, he's he's caught up with Mort, and he's trying to run away. 
And Shooter's telling him, is like, hey, you know, where do you think you're going? He's like, you're tied to these men in this truck in more ways than you know. Right. He's like, who do you think whose screwdriver is inside of, you know, yeah. Lee's, Tom's head or whatever? Well, because he tell, says, he's like, I'm going to the police. Yeah. And then that's whenever he tells them, you know, yeah, well, oh, whose that's right, who's that's screwdriver right. do you think is in uh, Greenleaf's head? Yeah. Mort is like, you know, you're crazy. Like, I have yeah. the story. What are you doing? Right. And Shooter's like, there's no way you can't have that. You know, right. It doesn't exist. Exactly. And he's like, well, you know, I don't have it on me right now. He's like, but I was going to pick it up at 3 o'clock. Right. And uh, so Shooter tells him, like, okay, fine. So this story, if it really does exist, go pick it up and I'll meet you back at your house in mm-hmm. two hours. And uh, we'll finish this then. Yeah. And Mort's response is like, okay, well, if I give you the story and you go away well if i show you the story then will you go away he's like yep i'll go away Mm. and i'll turn myself in right he's like but you you know but i will take care of myself before a trial basically yeah like i'll off myself yeah pretty much yeah and um he's like but you know you know he's, he's like you better hope that the story really exists because the kind of a crazy man who'd be willing to do that mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to lose. Exactly. And um, he then tells Mort, he's like, oh, by the way, you know, you I better hurry up. I want my hat back. Yeah. yeah. I want my hat back and I'm going to get it back one way or the other. Yep. He's like, also, you have some heavy lifting to do, so you better mm. get to work. Yep. So, yeah, now Mort has to figure out how to get rid of the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so he approaches the SUV and I love it because, you know, he's wearing his robe. So yeah. he's smart in, in the sense of, like, not trying to, like, leave fingerprints. Right. So he, op- you know, opens it using the robe. Yeah. And, of course, he's freaking out. He's grossed out. Well, yeah. You know, there's these two gross dead bodies that are in the uh, the car. Yeah. And he, you know, is inching towards, you know, he's trying to get the... Uh, the screwdriver out of the guy's head, right? Because it's like you know that'll yeah. tie that'll tie him to the crime. If that's exactly, left in there. it's his screwdriver, and I think even the hatchet that's also in the seat is his too, yeah. or something. But it's funny because anytime he tries to approach the guy in the back, like, like will make like not movements, but like he'll like, like the body it shifts will slump or whatever, or, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it freaks him out. And so finally, he he takes like a, a paper that was already in the vehicle, <laughs> and he pulls out the thing. Yeah. And what he does to try to get rid of the bodies is he just decides to have it go over a cliff. Right. So you know he puts it into uh, I guess neutral, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he he puts the vehicle into neutral, and he's going to push it, mm-hmm. like you said, push it over the cliff and into this. I guess it's like an old quarry or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, there's water and stuff and, down uh, there. He, he's pushing it down the hill, pushing it, and then, then the vehicle like hits this uh, Big rock, rock in the road. And it makes, you know, Lee or Tom, I mean, Tom Greenleaf's, his head goes and flops onto the, uh, yeah. the horn. Traps his hand on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And he, he's fighting and struggling and struggling and finally manages to push Tom back. Right. Freeze his hand, but now, like, his, his watch is stuck on, like, the gear shift level right. thing. And so, of course, he's getting close to the cliff. Right. And it ends up being that his watch ends up 
in the car. Yeah, the watch car goes, breaks. Yep. Yep, the car goes over. So it's like, okay, great. So now his watch is in there. But on the plus side, hey, at least he got rid of the <laughs> screwdriver. Yes. You know. And he didn't go tumbling off the cliffside with the car too, I guess. Right. That's... So the bodies have now been taken care of. He just has to worry about the fact that now his watch is in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I don't know that that really hit him yet at that point. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because you didn't. They didn't like show a look close up of his face where he's yeah. like, "Oh no!" Right. And so he makes it back home, and just as he makes it back home, um, the phone rings. Yep, he's gonna head out the door. Because he he's like ran meet. back home to get his keys. Right. And he was gonna go get the magazine so he could come back. <laughs> right. But while the phone's ringing, he's like fine he like runs back inside the house and yeah answers the phone and, and it's amy of course it's amy yeah and she's like kind of laying in bed in like a fetal position and yeah she's, she's really crying. upset about something right and she she just point blank asked him he's like she's like do you think things would have been better if we hadn't lost the baby yes so a little bit of history of them comes right. out where they must have lost, I guess, either by a miscarriage right. or or some other, you know, terrible, you know, loss thing right. happened to a child they had together. Right. And so, you know, at this point, he's frustrated because, yeah, he's trying to get out of there. Right. And she just kind of breaks it down for him like, you know, yeah, we were still married, but you were gone like a long time ago. <laughs> and I love exactly. it. Because he takes it as, you know, like... What are you talking about? Like, I worked from home. Like, I was always there. Right. But her point is, is like, well, you were there, but you weren't, like, mentally there. Right. Yeah. You were gone mentally. Yeah. You know? And so she was also telling him, too, like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, Ted was the only one. You know, I wasn't with anybody else. Well, that makes me feel better. And that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, great. Yeah, well, I I guess, you know, that makes me feel better knowing you really only slept with one dude then. Right. And so, like you said, she's she's laying that out. And Ted, I mean, not Ted, I'm sorry. Well, actually, Ted does kind of, like, peek in the room while she's on the phone at this point. Oh, yeah. Her back is turned, but you see him in in the doorway to the bedroom while she's on the phone. But Mort responds on the phone with, like, what What do you want? Mm-hmm. And she's like, just sign the divorce papers. Please just sign them. It's yeah. all negotiated. We agree on everything. Yeah, just Why sign Why don't them. you just sign them? Right. And Mort loses it at this point where he's like, you know, is, is this really, you know, this is what you want from me? You call me for this. Right. And um, she says something else that triggers triggers him i can't remember now what it is yeah oh she says that she wants to come up there oh that's right that's yeah. right she says that she wants to come up there and she'll bring the papers and all with her and everything and they can just sign it and be on their way right and she apologizes again you know like you know i'm really sorry that all this ended up like this yeah and he like loses it on the phone on her he's like you know well then maybe you shouldn't have fucked him yeah and slams the phone <laughs> down and she gets up and leaves out of the bedroom and she's you know putting clothes on and stuff like she's getting ready did to you go. notice he did like a weird mouth thing yes that so comes every back time later. every time he gets stressed out or or some something happens to bring his 
he, like, stress cracks. level anxiety up. He like opens Crack. his jaw real wide and, and like cracks like his jaw Ugh. and like he tilts his head. And... Which is like, bro, that sounds like TMJ. You need to get that <laughs> stuff like looked at. TMJ, what's that? Oh, I don't. Is that know. what you had TJ. that you had the surgery for? Or? No. Okay, never mind. Different thing. Never mind. Never mind, people. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, like you said, that comes out. There's a lot of like little things that get dropped throughout this movie. Yeah, we try to focus on them, and we're hoping we're kind of breaking them down for you guys uh, well enough, and they'll all come together. Yeah, near at the end. Oh yeah. Um, and so you know, we leave that scene. Right. Where he's you know cracking his jaw, cracking his neck, and he's just kind of like fidgeting real wildly in his seat so we're back with uh, the wife yep and she's explaining to ted like look like i'm gonna go up there by myself because at first of course he doesn't want her to yeah and she's t- saying like i you know i'm gonna go up there by myself mm-hmm. give him the divorce papers so that this can all be over yeah she's like you know i was married to him for 10 years i know how to talk to him exactly you ted's know? like you know let me go with him and everything but you know she's like yeah that would that would send him over the edge is oh, for pretty sure. much what she plus says. he hasn't told her yet that he actually already just came back from there that's true too and so. uh so when she leaves what's kind of funny though is like, he's frustrated, so he slaps his hand up against, like, a pillar inside yeah. of the house. Right. And it immediately, like, uh. I guess his hand is, like, bruised or broken or something, because it's like, ah. <laughs> right. And, and so. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, so now we're uh, with Mort, and he, you know, showed up to get the magazine. Yep. He gets out of the car, and the sheriff is like, hey, you know, I wanted to speak to you for, you know, a second. And he's like, oh, he's like, I can't right now. I'm busy. You know? Yeah. So Mort goes into uh, get his UPS um, package. Right. And there's a girl that's sitting there and um, he, you know, is like, hey, you know, did UPS drop anything off for me? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, here you go. And yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like weird. It is weird. So when he first walks in, like he's doing the mouth thing again, yeah, you know, cracking is. his jaw and stuff. Yep. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I just had a little thing in my throat for a second right and so they they kind of back and forth and stuff she keeps you know mentioning that he looks pale and he Mm -hmm. needs to lay down and he's like thank you thank you for noticing yeah and uh it leaves like you said he's walking out and it's very strange because she's like you know don't tell the post office that we accepted a ups package right he's like because they would shoot me and he's like oh don't worry your secret's safe with me yeah and then he hears her say because i saw what you did right and he turns around, he's like, what? what? <laughs> and he's, you know, she re, you know, she says again, she's like, oh, well, because they'd shoot me if you did. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And walks out and he gets in his car and he starts to open up the little package envelope yeah. a little bit. And he looks up and of course the sheriff, the sheriff is making his way to his car. Yeah. And he's like, Mr. Rainey, Mr. Rainey. Yep. And makes it to Mort's car and he's like, do you have a, do you have a moment to talk? And Mort's like, no, not right now. I'm like really busy. He's in a rush to yeah. get, you know, get out of there. Right. And the sheriff is like, okay, well, you know, just get with me later. He's like, okay. Yeah. He's like, I'll call you. Yeah. He and makes like, it a point to phone. say again. Yeah. <laughs> he makes it a point to say on the phone as he's driving yeah. off. And um, so Mort makes it back to his house and um, opens up the deal. And he's kind of playing with a little flap on the envelope for mm-hmm. a second. 
looks at it funny, and then rips it off the rest of the way and pulls the magazine out. Right. Sure enough, you know, the magazine, the name is Ellery Queen. Right. And Table of Contents has Secret Window. Right. Mort Rainey. It yeah. It says it on there. Oh, wait, not Secret Window. I'm sorry. The name of the book is... Yeah. Movie's name is Secret Window. The yeah. name of the book is called Sewing Season. Yeah. And um, so, yes, it says Mort Rainey. He goes to the page where it's supposed to be, and the, the pages that contained that story are cut out of the magazine. Yeah. And you hear him, and it's him in his head talking to himself. Right. He's like, he cut it out. I he's, can't believe it. He cut it out. He's like, why did he do that? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's... And yeah. he says to himself, like, out loud, he's, he's like, like, I don't know. No, I don't know. Yeah. How could he have done that anyway? Right. And in his head, he says, I don't know. But he did it. He yep. cut it out. Yep. And um, he's kind of just having this conversation with himself and gets out of the vehicle with his magazine that's been altered mm-hmm. and goes back inside the house. Yep. So Mort goes inside. And yep. he's obviously confused because of this whole magazine thing. Like, exactly. what's going on? So he's sitting down on the couch, and he sees Shooter's hat is sitting there. Yeah. And he actually puts it on. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, it might be kind of hard for us to explain, because there's a lot going on yes. <laughs> in this scene. So it's it's really kind of, it's really good, actually. This is one oh, of the reasons why good. I like this movie. Right. So yeah, like you said, it's it's really, like, there's a lot going on. And so, like, he, he walks in the house, and like you said, he puts the hat on. Right. And then he kind of looks in the mirror and he sees himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start kind of seeing things are getting a little weird and twisted. Yeah. His walk slows a little bit and he's just kind of looking in the mirror at himself. And then you hear this voice in his head go, why'd you put it on? Right. And uh, he was like, I don't know. I just wanted to. Yeah. And the voice in his head says, maybe it's what he wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And he responds verbally. Why would he want me to put his hat on? Right. And this is where he, like, turns his head and he sees himself. another him yep. in the house with him, yep. but not a hat. Right. And he starts having a conversation with this other him. Right. Like, everything he does, this other him is, like, there to meet him at the next part of the room, like, in another yeah. corner. And but he's there it's just asking, the opposite of what he is, which is no hat on. Right. And he's also, the other one is asking him all these questions. Yeah, he's like, why do you keep refusing to, why do you keep ignoring key details? Right. Like, why do you keep ignoring Shooter's Bay? Um, and he mentions about the lake. Yep. And, you know, talks about um, the bruises or whatever. And he's and, like, I'm wearing his bruises. And he's like, are you? Yeah. And he lifts up his sleeve, and physically there's no, there's bruise, no bruise on his arm where Shooter had attacked him and right. pinned him against the tree and stuff. Exactly. And uh, everything starts kind of coming to a head a little bit, and <laughs> coming to a head as already has. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Dun, dun, dun. Right. And he's confronted by these other hymns. Right. Of, you know, this is how it starts. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is what happens to people, and... He's like, you know, what about, you know, you need to stop before more people die, before you kill somebody right. else. You need to call the sheriff and turn yourself in. Yep. And uh, he's like, I didn't I didn't kill them. And he's like, well, you almost did. Right. He's like, the gun wasn't loaded. And we see this flashback where yeah. he's 
back in the hotel. Where he hotel. was confronting uh, Ted and Amy. Yeah, which is and, a different from what we saw in the beginning of the movie. Right. And so, yeah, sure enough, he tried to shoot him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which I guess either, like, he did not or maybe he missed. Something. We're not, we're, I don't think maybe we're given gun, that information. Yeah, or it's like maybe the gun jammed. Right. Something. And uh, he's... He's just kind of walking around his house and he's, you know, telling all these voices to shut up, to leave him alone. And he, like, walks up to the mirror that he was looking at and he sees his reflection again, but, but this time his reflection is reversed. It's, yeah, the back of his head. Yeah. So it's like even though he's getting closer, you yeah. don't see his face, you just see the back of his head. Exactly. And then from there, quote-unquote John Shooter shows right. up. And well, he's... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he was on the stairs. Yeah. And John Shooter just says, you know, you you created me. Right. And we get a quick flashback of him and Amy, and he tries on the hat, the Shooter hat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look at me, I'm a dairy farmer from Mississippi or whatever. <laughs> yeah, with an accent and mm-hmm. everything, you know. Yep. And uh, um, you hear John Shooter in the background explaining that... Um, Everything that, everything that Mort, he did everything that Mort wanted him to do. Exactly. Like, it's basically his, like, second personality or something, more or less. He's So, like, they show Mort, who's got the shooter hat on, is the one that burned down the house. Yep. And then they showed Mort, um, you know, sitting in in the car with uh, Tom Greenleaf Mm -hmm. and also the detective. Um, and and you was, see, oh, go ahead. Well, he, you just see him talking to Tom Greenleaf in the car, and Tom Greenleaf is like, "Yeah, I saw you, but you were by yourself." Right. He's like, "I didn't want to say it in front of him because yeah. he's, you know, an outsider, more or less." Right. And you see the detective in the back seat with them. It's got a and look he's on like, his face, he's like, very what? kind of like nervous. Yeah, it's like, what's what's going on? <laughs> exactly. And uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is like. So when he was walking up to the mirror mm-hmm. and you see this kind of reversed reflection of him in the mirror. Right. You hear he's chased away all these extra hymns out of the house. Right. But you still hear their voices and, mm-hmm. you know, telling him all these things like, you know, this has been going on for 30 years. Right. You won't, you won't acknowledge it, you know, stop ignoring it. Yep. And then other parts of him are saying things like, you know, oh, you need to like finish this, you know. They have to go right. and stuff like that. And, um, which is another thing. It's like, what is up with Stephen King and his, like, almost all of his, like, stories, like, end with, like, a house, like, trying to self-destruct. I know. Because that's just it. He tries to get rid of, you know, the, the other him. And so he picks up an ashtray and throws it. Well, it slams into the wall. And also yeah. you see this crack start going up. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> They're, like, going up the wall, and they're, like, spreading, and they're going through the roof, and it, like, looks like the house is just going to, like, collapse or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and so we come back to, you know, the whole flashback between with Shooter telling Mort all these things, you know, like, these things that I did for you that you wouldn't do. Right. It kind of ends with um, uh, this whole sequence. Well, not, (laughs) not. The sequence ends. Yeah. With, uh... Mort staring at the window and and Shooter right behind him. Yep. And Mort's just saying, "Well, you know, we know we know what we have to do now." Yep. And fix Shooter's, "Yep, you have to fix the ending." Yep. And then you see Shooter hands him the hat. Yep. And he puts the hat on. Yep. 
And uh, you see now that the wife has actually just literally pulled into the uh, driveway. Right. And uh, Mort looks out the window and sees her. So he mm-hmm. like runs off and goes off somewhere. And she gets out of her car and walks up to the door and like knocks on the door. Well, before she gets to the door, though, there's oh, these right. pages that are on the ground and she picks it up and... One of the pages says Secret Window by Morton Rainey. That's right. That's right. I thought the original title of the story was Sewing Season. That was what that's John the title. Shooter said yes. that his story was That's called. right. You're right. Yeah. And, she, you know, obviously they're on the ground because yeah. Mort pulled them out of the magazine right. and dumped them on the ground. Exactly. So she sees that and, you know, me, I see that personally. That's a little odd I mean, I don't know that I would have run away at this point yet, no, but I not... certainly would have, my guard would have been up. This is where I would have ran away. So she, yes. she goes to the front door, she's knocking, you know, no response. And she opens the door and, you know, Mort, Mort. And then she opens the door and it looks like, you know, it's been like the house has been ransacked. Oh yeah. Like, like someone stuff like all... robbed him or something. Yeah. Like there's stuff everywhere. Like oh, yeah. if I see that, it's like, you know what? If somebody robbed the house, maybe they could be in there. I'm not exactly. going to go in there. I'm going, turning around, going back to my car. I'm yep. leaving. Yeah. I mean, sorry, but I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling the police from there. Exactly. But <laughs> no. So what she does is she starts going through the house. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure enough, everything, it's like the whole house is just trashed. Yeah. She's calling for poor Chico. Yeah. she doesn't know Chico is dead. Poor Chico the doggo. Yeah. Anyway, so... But she ends up going up the stairs and she notices, she sees the manuscript by John Shooter and she picks it up and she notices like carved in the desk. It just says shooter, 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 all like all in it. Mm -hmm. And then she starts looking around at the walls and stuff. And like, there's all these carvings of shooter. Yep. And she sees in the window too, like it looks like it was done with, um, like shaving cream or something yeah, where it says I think shooter. So. And then she so she's like looking all around, she sees this, and then she stops and she looks and you first see where it says shoot. Yep. And there's a door that's opened and then it gets shut and it says shoot her. Right. And And of course. And you've got Mort there. Yep. And you know, obviously at this point she's freaking out. Oh yeah. Because she should be. Yeah. Um he, you know, has got the hat on. Yep. And he, you know, approaches her. She's trying to head down the stairs. Yeah. And he's got like the full on like Mississippi accent going. Oh yeah. She's like, Why are you talking like this? And yeah. he's like, Well, I this is just how I always have talked. Right. Basically. And he's like, you know, why are you know Mort's not here. Yeah. Mort's dead. He's like, you know, but don't worry. I didn't lay a hand on him. You right. Know, he took the coward's way out, basically. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So she's doing her best going down the stairs. And he has a pair of scissors yep. in his hands. Yeah. And he tries to, like, cut her hair, I guess. Or he, like, cuts some of her hair. I think I think he just, the, the cutting of the hair mm-hmm. was, like, maybe an accident or something. Yeah. I think he was going to attack her with her, but... Right. She got away yeah. as he was attacking her with the scissors right. and ran outside she to her car. She ran outside. And then, unfortunately, 
you know, just like in all these movies. Oh, you, yeah. You know, you get in the car and stuff, and it just doesn't, you know. Yeah, so she, she gets the car going, but yeah, like you said. She doesn't put, she forgets to take the brake off and yeah. all this other stuff. And so while she's, you know, messing in the car, he approaches her with, I don't know if you noticed, it was that big, huge rock that was on top of the manuscript. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot that, because that rock was had been on the porch mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie basically yeah so he grabs that rock mm-hmm. and he smashes the window the passenger side window yep and again she's messing with the car and she finally gets the car going right but he like grabs a hold of her and literally pulls her out of the side of the car yeah and car smashes like into the tree and stuff to stop it. Yep. And then he takes her and he's like dragging her into the house. Yeah. So he drags her inside back into the house. Yeah. And you see the bloody uh, screwdriver. Yeah. Well, she again tries to get away and he stabs her like in the back of the leg. Yeah. I looked like it hurt. Yeah, I forgot about that part in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. I know, right? So yeah, so he stabs her in the back of the leg and at this point, you know, she can't really get up. Right. So she's, you know, crawl, you know, kind of crawling and stuff. Right. You know, and she, she does ends manage up... to kick him in the face though. That's true. She did kick him in like, the face. Like, take that. Yeah, it didn't work though. So <laughs> no, she, it didn't. She, you know, kind of crawls out outside, mm-hmm. and the whole time, like he's talking. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. still on that thick, you know, that that southern accent. He's still, yeah. you know, on this character, right? And she just keeps telling him, you know, he. I'm sorry. At one point, he's like, Mort is the one who wanted to do this. Right. And she you know. keeps saying over and over again, you're Mort Rainey. Yeah. You're Mort Rainey. Yeah. Like, she says that a couple of times. Right. Trying to, like, bring him back because he's like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, this. Did he, he said it was Mort's idea or wasn't Mort's idea? It, uh, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Because remember, Shooter is the character that does what Mort tells him to do. Oh, that's right. Shooter's like his, you know, his character is mm-hmm. all like, you know, well, I'm just a third party, but if you want me to do it, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it, it, in, you know, his head, Mort is, you know. Like a spectator or mm-hmm. whatever. He's just like, you know, I want you to do this, but he, yeah. in his head, he's not actually doing it. Exactly. So anyway, so she says that a couple of times. And we hear another knock because they're outside, but he right. hears another like a car door mm-hmm. and he hears, you know, Amy, Amy. Well, it turns out it's Ted. Right. And, you know, she's laying on the ground because she when she fell out, she hit the ro- hit a rock right the, to the head. That's right. Because when she was trying to run out of the mm-hmm. house after he like got her in the leg. Right. He kicked her in the butt and it made her like fall and she and hit, hit her face and her head on a rock. Right. And so now she's down. She can't get up. Right. Well, anyway, so she hears Ted and so she starts screaming for Ted. Yep. Well, he comes running out the door and, uh, yeah, Mort slams him in the face with a, uh, yeah, clucked him right in the face with a shovel. Right in the face with a shovel. Here's the thing. I'm kind of okay if Ted goes. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the guy. Ted's character was a was a douche. He was. He was a what you might call a douche canoe. And so, anyway, so yeah, Ted's down, and he, you know, they kind of show him finishing him off. Right. Much, just was smacking him so yeah. many times that you know. Yeah. 
And so she's laying there and he, and I can't recite all of it, but pretty much, um, it's the new ending to the story. It is. It's, it's the revised ending that will fix the story mm-hmm. where Talking he says, about... uh, um, oh. oh, I'm sorry. No, go. Oh, okay. He says, uh, Todd Downey said to himself as he picked another ear of corn out of the steaming bowl, yep. I'm sure in time even her death will be a mystery. Good job, Even Han. to me. I'm I may have messed that up a little bit, but. No, that's, that's pretty good. So, <laughs> anywho. Yep. And I should be a writer now. You should. Sure. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. No. And so, yeah, that's how that particular scene ends. Yeah. Yeah, so. just, it cuts away and. You hear, like, this big thunderous music that's supposed mm-hmm. to be him, like, finishing off Finishing Amy, Amy off, yeah. yeah. Yep. And so we, after it, after that cuts, um, it kind of becomes a more serene scene where we're yeah. seeing the lake and the small town. And uh, we see uh, Mort walks into the local general store right. slash restaurant cafe. Yeah. And uh, he walks in all happy-go-lucky and stuff. Mm-hmm. His hair's all nice and straight, and he's clean. He doesn't look disheveled anymore. And now he's got braces. And he has braces. And everybody in town is nervous about him. Yeah. As soon as he walks in, everyone just, like, shuts up. Well, and the girl from the UPS store that had a crush on him. We forgot to touch on that bad. Yeah. He, she actually called him cute. Yeah. In that last scene that yeah. she had with him. Right. Well, anyway... So she's there, and she's, you know, telling the other lady, she's like, I'm in a hurry. Because you can tell she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. Exactly. She So she tells the cashier, like, I'm in a hurry, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be rung up or whatever. Exactly. And he's standing behind her, and he's pretty much wanting to ask her, like, out. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, you know, oh, hey, how are you doing? He's like, I got braces, you know, yeah. you like them and stuff. And she... I'm just getting my life straightened out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, okay, good luck on that one, buddy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she's obviously just like, she's just cringing. She just yeah. can't get out of there fast enough. Right. Like, she doesn't even take her receipt. She's like, you know, I gotta go. And yeah. takes her stuff and yep. leaves. And so, you know, we see he's got a container of salt, some <laughs> butter, and some napkins. Yep. And... From there, um, we've got the sheriff, and the sheriff shows up at Mort's house. Yep. And, you know, Mort's door is open, and he's calling for Mort, no response or anything. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's like, you know, well, I'm coming in. You know, your door is open, I'm coming in. So right. he goes in, and the first thing I notice is now all of a sudden Mort's got, like, exercise equipment. Right. Like, he's trying to get, like, buff. The house is all, like, together and everything. There's no shooter listed anywhere, which I want to know how he was able to get rid of that. And yeah, the wood. that stuff was carved into the wood. That means there was some serious either sanding or planing going I on. Yes. Or yeah. replacement of beams and, and heart and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, so the sheriff is walking around. He's still calling for Mort. Every yeah. once in a while. And he walks into the kitchen. And there's like a buttload oh, of corn. Dude, like just everywhere. corn everywhere. And so he, you know, calls out again. And this time Mort actually responds. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's like, I'm up here, you know. And um, he was working at his desk upstairs. Yeah, it's like and you so, were right there the whole time. Yeah, what the hell, man. <laughs> so anyway, so he tells the sheriff to, you know, come on up. And so, you know, yeah. the, sheriff, the sheriff walks up there. I wouldn't have. I know, right? 
And, you know, we see Mort sitting in front of uh, his computer. And he's got, like, three ears of corn and butter Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And the sheriff is, you know, telling him, he's like, look, he's like, I know what you did. Yeah. He's like, we don't have, you know, the evidence at this point and we don't have the bodies, but I know what you did. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you're making people uh, feel uncomfortable. He's like, so from now on you can do your shopping, you know, and he says some other town that's like close by. Yeah. I forget what he called it. Yeah. I think like New London or something. Something like that. And he just tells them, you know. Pretty much, like, we're on to you until, yeah. you know, we find those bodies. Which is kind of, you know, so his, the whole time Mort's just sitting there, he's, like, playing with these, the corn skewers, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He's just playing with them and just kind of being all nonchalant, like, oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know what you're here for, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, all Mort says in response is, he's like, he says, you know what? The only important thing is the ending yep. of a story. He's like, in this one right here. This one is perfect. Yeah. And uh, then we kind of have the camera then pans away from Mort. And it goes out the secret window. Yes. And into where he has buried Ted and Amy. Probably Chico too. And probably poor Chico. He's planted corn there. Yes. It's become like a corn field. Yeah. Corn garden. Yeah, right. And uh, you hear the voiceover of the brand new ending, which of Mm -hmm. course is, you know, Todd Downey reached for another ear of corn from the steaming bowl. And um, I'm going to butcher this one again. Yeah, it's like, I know I could do it. Yeah, in time, every bit of her would be gone. And even... And even to me, her memory would would just be a mystery or something. And then all of a sudden, you see how many bites into the corn. And that's how it ends. That's the ending. Which... As somebody who's had braces before... Oh, gosh, cannot, that's a bad idea. Yeah, no, you cannot bite into corn. Mm-mm, like, no. corn on the cob is, like, out unless you actually take the, you know, the corn right, off the shave. cob. Right, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> that's just it. I remember watching that and thinking, man, that movie was great. And then I'm like, that would not have worked if you actually have braces. No, no. Um, <laughs> I never had braces, but I've always heard, you know, the rubber bands, like, you know, oh, they yeah. break, it's like... Yeah, if you break like a bracket, which is the the part that is on yeah. the braces and stuff, it's bad. Yeah. It's not fun. Yep, no spank you. So, but yeah, so he killed Amy, Ted, and Chico, buried them, and then planted corn. Yep. So now they're fertilizing his corn. Yep. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Along with, well, no, Tom and um uh, his no. private eye buddy is like in that creek yeah creek the the what you the call quarry it, type quarry thing. yeah i do have uh some trivia all right from imdb of course because we love that yes so in the scene where johnny depp burst in on maria bello and timothea hutton in the motel david i guess his name is cope maybe wanted bello and hutton to look shocked and scared he made them both lie in the bed for 15 minutes before depp rushed in the production crew set up large speakers that blared static noise when the script called for them to be scared. The lights in the room were also rigged to go on when Johnny Depp opened the door, startling the actors further. No one knew exactly how to act. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> John Tertoro decided to appear in the movie because his son, a big fan of Stephen King, convinced him to. Nice. <laughs> so you know how we were joking about... Uh, the line, this is not my beautiful house, this is not my beautiful wife anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's taken from the Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime. Oh, I didn't know that. This is not my beautiful wife. This oh. is not my beautiful house. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I must have either not heard that song before or I just you know, didn't make that connection. Yeah. Let's see. In the magazine that should have Mord's story, the second story in the contents is called The Long Walk. This is also the title of a book by Richard Bachman, who happens to be the pseudonym of Stephen King. Oh, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Ving Rhames was offered a role, but turned it down due to a scheduling conflict. Yeah, he must have been offered the role of the private eye or something, I guess. Yeah. Because the guy that they got to play the private eye actually kind of has the same build as sort of all that good jazz. Right. Well, there's not really a ton of... Uh, yeah. Things on here. Um, I do want to point out that Secret Window, um, like we said, it's uh, based on Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a novella uh, called Four Past Midnight. And um, in the novella, uh, this was called Secret Window, Secret Garden. Oh, okay. So that was how, you know, yeah, Stephen King still wrote it. Oh, okay. But it wasn't like, same thing kind of like with Stand By Me. It wasn't like its own stand It wasn't a full-on novel. Right. It was a short story contained mm-hmm. within a book of other short stories. Exactly. Okay. So, I know this is probably obvious, but should we just use corn? <laughs> probably. You know, Might why as not? Well. Let's, All right. I'm going to give use... it, I'm going to give it three ears of corn. Three? What? Yep. I'm, I'm actually, I'll give it four and a half. Four and a half. I All still right. really like it. It's one of those things, like, especially if you hadn't seen it before, I do remember the first time I saw it and like the ending was, you know, yeah, was a shock. Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. You know. The, the first time I saw this movie, I remember being confused about the ending at first. Really? I, I honestly <laughs> thought that. It was one of those situations where they were dead all along. Oh. And I was confused, hmm. like, okay, so have they been in that garden for, like, years upon years upon years, and he killed them at the motel? Right. And he just lied to the the private eye and everybody else about that? I mean, that's, but yeah, watching, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, that would have been kind of a cool ending, too. Yeah. But watching this movie again, I definitely see that that's not the case. Right. That they were, you know... He didn't kill them at the motel, and they were, you know, part of the whole story mm-hmm. leading up to the end. Right. Okay. And the whole ending was just the fact that he had alternate shooter guy, you know, to yeah. do his dirty work and stuff. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, this can be found on Prime Video. Yep. Uh, for Amazon. And I believe it can also be found on Crackle for free. I think I think you're right. I think I saw that. Yeah. Um, and... I don't believe, unless I'm wrong, I don't believe I saw any listings for it on like any cable networks. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think this is one of those movies that is that popular. No, not Which really. is kind of a bummer because I actually like this movie. Yeah. But I don't think it's one of those. And Johnny Depp, like I know I mentioned this when we talked about this movie in the last episode, but I like Johnny Depp as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like... I do feel like he's pretty good in, in just about everything he's in. Right. But he he's definitely an odd one. Right. So 
this movie I really, really like because he's not Captain Jack Sparrow in this movie. True. I feel like ever since Pirates of the Caribbean, almost everything else I've seen him in has had some Captain Jack Sparrow to it. Yeah, that's probably true. It's, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how it feels. Right. And this movie was pre- yeah, Pirates like of the Caribbean. Free. Yeah, not not you know too much before it, but right. it was it was before that. Right. So we are going to conclude next week our Stephen King month. Yep. With misery. Oh God. Yeah. Oh no, it's a good movie, <laughs> but that one scene. Yeah. I'm gonna totally close my eyes. Oh. <laughs> it's so good. Gosh, Kathy Bates, man. Kathy Bates is a great actress to begin with, well, but she can play crazy she very won, well. She won the Oscar for that movie. Yeah, she did. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are going to watch that next week and uh, conclude our Stephen King month. Yep. So, well, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs>